What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to the Priority Queue. It's the podcast that features passionate Top Shot and NFT collectors from around the world sitting down with me, your host, Dave P., to dig into the latest news, collecting strategies, drops, and anything else going on in the world of NBA Top Shot and Dapper Labs. As usual, I have another awesome guest joining me this week. If you've hung around Top Shot and or NFT Twitter at all, then there's a pretty good chance you already know who he is. His name is Nate Lawson, and he is a fairly big collector, at least in my eyes, of both NBA Top Shot and NFTs in general. Nate, how you doing, man? Doing well, Dave. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. And that was all too kind um, and maybe hyperbole, but I'll take it. I'll take all of it. <laughs> uh, I got to compliment everybody when they come That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Build you up a little bit. But... I hope I made it fairly easy on you. You did. You did. Your handle's easy. Anybody who wants to follow him, it is Nate Lawson. Yeah, I'm one of the few doxed apes out there, it feels like. <laughs> Self-doxed from the beginning. Right on. Hey, man, today we're going to dig into the NFT project built on Flow known as Ballers and how it's blown up across Twitter and everything, Discord and everywhere. We're going to talk a little bit about the State of the Union and Top Shot. Uh, the current market, upcoming sets, and everything that's going on there. But before we dive into all that, I need to get a little background from you, man. Tell me about how you discovered Top Shot and NFTs in general. It was, so I've lived in New York City the past 10 years or so. And uh, during the pandemic, we left to Florida for a few months and I was staying with my uh, my girlfriend's parents and we were all kind of packed into this condo. And I just recall... I mean, I've, I've always been heavy into crypto and like Bitcoin since like 2014, but I recall one, like having this itch for like something beyond like, you know, the shit coins and, and everything out there in the world. I wanted something a little bit more uh, interesting. And that led me to look again at crypto kitties. I had never really looked at crypto kitties prior, like in depth. And so that's kind of where I got first reintroduced to Dapper Labs and sort of looked into more about them and signed up for the NBA Top Shot waitlist at that time. This was probably June of 2020. Sadly for me, I let it kind of slip off the radar until about October. So I consider myself pretty early, but at the same time, you know, the Beermans out there, MBL, there are plenty that were, were well before me. But in October is where I really started to, I, I jumped into the platform, bought a few packs. Uh, I couldn't stop ripping packs. I was like, okay, a hundred, a few, a couple hundred dollars, and I was like, all right, like let's let's pump the brakes. In hindsight, terrible advice to myself, but at the time, it seemed like you know, let's keep it slow and steady. And then throughout the holiday season, like November, December, I just like my sort of uh, uh, yearn for pack ripping uh, continued to grow and grow. And at that point in time, I really didn't have much of a collection strategy as as much as I thought ripping packs. And they were available all the time at this stage. Ripping packs was my clearest route to sort of like broad exposure to the product, get get my hands on as much as I possibly could. I was playing mostly in the common and the rare ranges, but like I'm talking about ripping as many common packs as you felt like on any given day. It was pretty ridiculous. And and metallic gold would sit on the market uh, on like unopened packs available for days at a time. It was paradise. And, and, and now, you know, like, I, I feel very grateful. Like, I, NBA Top Shot was my first real diehard NFT exposure. 
and it's uh, like I bought some crypto kitties and I bred them and I you know probably did it in such a way that I will never see my money back. That's fine. I was just trying to get the experience. NBA Top Shot was where I finally it finally all clicked for me. It's a very basic concept. We've been doing it for all all time, collecting things and NBA, NFL, all of these platforms just have huge, enormous followings that basically cannot be disrupted, at least not overnight. And uh, it just became very clear to me around, I would say, November, December, that Top Shot was going to be just big. Like this was going to be exponential. And at that time, I just remember being like, beta is not going to handle it well. Uh, and uh, <laughs> here we are where it's like we're, we're, we're still a, a ways along. Uh, are a ways away from where we want to be. But I just think the product exploded so much faster than anyone thought. I bought a lot of packs, a lot of packs. I should have bought 10 times as many packs. And like I could have, frankly, at the time. But it was early. I didn't. But it really set me up to sort of have a very different perspective than a lot of other people that came in around February. That's really, you know, my Top Shot journey up until 2021. And then it turned into just, quite frankly, a shitstorm of, you know, staying up until 4 a.m. to try to get into this pack drop. And I, you know, I just like, it's purchase processing. I can't get to the dapper screen or whatever. And I really saw sort of the scale issues at that point. And really, that was that was about the time I, I took a step away from, from Top Shot. The, this was probably in March or April. I didn't sell. I didn't sell much. Like I sold during the uptick just because I was like, this is unbelievable. Like how, who is buying these things at this price? Like are all my priors wrong? Um, and a lot of them were at the time. Like I sold some things. I sold the Giannis run it back for like $1,500. And I'm like, holy shit, that's crazy. And like, no, it, <laughs> it was crazy in the wrong way in hindsight. But that is to say that like net net, you can look at my my account. I'm pretty much, yeah, I'm, 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 you know, house money at this point, but I'm not. I haven't taken much out of it, but that three month period away from Top Shot was good for me. I I actually wasn't here for the Wolfpack launch, right? Like I wasn't here for Throwdowns. I wasn't paying attention to pack drops at that point in time. I was just like the Discord kind of went to shit. Uh, the Top Shot Discord, I should say, just negativity, constant bitching and moaning. And I'm not saying it wasn't warranted. It just was excessive. It was too much. I needed to step away. I had already seen my account get hammered. We all did. Then I returned and like, frankly, I met uh, someone on Twitter named Luke, uh, Luca Dick, uh, Luke Dick, uh, he, Luca Beast on Twitter. I mixed up, mixed up his handle and his real name. Yeah. And he sort of like introduced me to the world of, of uh, Top Shot Twitter. And that's what actually brought me back into the game. I started doing like some giveaways. I would go on like buying sprees back when I started feeling comfortable that we were close to bottom. And I was just like, who's leaving these moments these metallic gold s1 tsds out here for for you know th these prices and and i would kind of just document what i was doing and that's where i really found like a new sort of love for top shot again and i was like this is why i got into it it's it's really a game if you're over leveraged i like sympathize i really like, hell i empathize at times i have been but if you can like if you can eliminate the fomo element which is very difficult you get you really enjoy it. And so my sort of hands off for those three months, my always, I, I've always kind of been more like a longer mid to long term guy on it. It's, it's much better for my health, I think. So 
Yeah, that's my Top Shot story. It's really been about over the course of going from being like very zoomed in and like looking at day-to-day fluctuations to like learning that I have to zoom out. And um, that's where I'm at now. And it's it's really nice because I just don't really give a shit about the day-to-day. Um, <laughs> like give me the monthly keynote or highlights and I kind of have the information I need um, to know if I'm, you know, this is not always the case. Of course, I, I I have different thoughts about certain things that have happened recently that have, you know, rug pulled my certain CS score sets or whatever the case may be. But like, I kind of live with a break even mentality. Like things will break my way eventually, or they have insanely in Top Shot. And I know that I'm privileged and that's why I can be optimistic here. Um, but things tend to break both ways. And zooming out is, re- is really good for everybody. And I, and I think we're all going to really laugh about this later on when we're you know just frantically worried about our bags and i'm just kind of like hey it feels really fucking early even if it's not maybe you know the earliest you could have been so you're up on about a year active on the platform at this point right yeah it's been about a year exactly i would say like give or take a couple weeks when you took three months off which was you said like like march time frame it was pro- it was March or April into midsummer, I would say. Like I was probably not back until June. Okay, so March, so you weren't doing anything in NFTs or anything at that point. You just kind of stepped away from it all. I was doing heavy NFTs. I went basically full on Ethereum. Tell me about that a little bit. Why? So you weren't looking at Top Shot at all. That was a whole different world that you weren't even paying attention to. You were full blown NFTs. Yeah. And that's an important stipulation. Like I didn't sit on my hands and like do nothing. Like I, I had other distractions that I was just, kind of, which is why you diversify, right? Is why, you know, so if you have a rainy day in one place, you can, ignorance is bliss. You can kind of ignore it. And like, I've, I've ignored a lot of bad days in top shot and it's been to my benefit because every time it seems like we, we figure it out. But yeah, during that time, I was really interested in in getting into more of the NFT space, specifically on Ethereum. Um, I believe that has a large role in like the provenance and just in long Ethereum. So I'm very comfortable with that chain. I minted, uh, I supported an artist early on, a, a guy named Subtle Bubble is his, uh, his uh, pseudonym, just like a great young kid. And that really showed me sort of like connecting with really talented individuals that like probably would never have had this opportunity. And then I minted like Kings of Leon's album or some shit because of the novelty factor. Don't worry. I'm down on that. I'll never see that money back. That's fine. (laughs) And then I minted house of Kiba, which was actually like a good, a good one. And I'm super, super ultra long. I can't say enough good things about house of Kiba. I have nothing for sale. I'm not pumping my bags. Well, like to sell them at least, but yeah, it, it just, it turned into that sort of exposure to more projects, more teams, more builders, which is weird because you go from Dapper, which is like, I think Dapper's treated unfairly sometimes because I, I do think the Top Shot products sort of was like in November when I, a year ago, was like kind of like startup phase. Like you're talking like a pretty lean team. And I don't think anybody expected this growth. And so like, and it's hard to hire. Like it's really hard to hire. And like, frankly, talent in tech is at a premium these days. So Dapper has a lot of problems right now that they're working through that are kind of not their fault at all. 
Um, I, I guess, except that they built a fucking great product that everybody wanted more of. Everybody still wants um, more of. But on the Ethereum side, yeah, right? Yeah. But on the Ethereum side, it was interesting to start sort of see these really bootstrap teams standing things up and, and, and promoting their visions, whether it's an artist or a team like House of Kiba, which I was just like, whoa, this is tangible. This isn't shit coins where you're like, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a protocol or something exists that is tangible to a degree. It just all felt very like, oh, we're taking a step into the future here, into what will be the layer on top of reality, the metaverse, so to speak, whatever. It, I mean that generally, not to say that Ethereum will be the metaverse or, or anything like that. But it was just clear to me that like we're moving in a direction where digital assets are going to be, be big. And like, frankly, I wasn't the only one distracted. I wasn't the only Top Shot collector distracted. I don't think it's a coincidence that Top Shot kind of got hammered right when NFTs truly exploded. But yeah, I would, I would, as far as the, I think my lesson there was just like, I, I'm naturally curious and I think it's important to, to not just get too locked into one thing. It's impossible to predict everything and Top Shot's going to do. So it was nice to sort of, Take a more mid to long term play on that. Get exposure to some new technology, not new tech, but like a different chain. And then it all kind of went from there. I've checked out Polygon, of course. You know, I haven't done much with Solana. There's a lot out there. Uh, I'm pretty much 90% Ethereum, 10% flow, I would say at this stage. But over the summer, I was like 99 to 100% Ethereum, 10 or 0% flow. And that's just like, I think going to grow over time. So I'm really like, not just bullish on top shot. I think it's a bit of a Trojan horse. I think flow is going to be fucking insane. Like, I think what they're building, I think their protocol is incredible. And I'm, I'm going on a diatribe, but like, this is all to say that like, I really do have a mid to long-term approach here. I don't, I don't really see this discrete moments as much as I see like products and, and sort of the overarching vision. And I'm just, I'm very comfortable and confident in Top shot. And a lot of that has been my experience on Ethereum and just seeing what works and what doesn't. And like frankly, nobody gets UX like Top Shot does. They could work on their supply mix, uh, probably. And I think everyone has agreed to that, especially in S2. But like Top Shot really does everything sensationally well. Low transaction costs. Whenever quote unquote rake back, whatever we're calling it these <laughs> days happens. I don't know. I do feel Top Shot is cutting edge and we don't, we take them for granted uh, a lot of times, myself included. But yeah, Ethereum uh, teaches you about gas and teaches you about the cost of decentralization and security and also miners and all of that stuff. So like I encourage everyone to take a look. I guess that's like sort of like the fundamental story versus nailing any project specifically. But I've just kind of been all over the board looking at who innovates, who doesn't. Um, I avoid the latter. I, I really ape hard on, on, the, on the former. That's the most exciting part about all Innovation's this. Innovation so. is the big, the big driver for you. I know you said House Akiba. They were, they were kind of the first to tackle the – I bought a membership early on because I had actually interacted with a couple of the guys. And I was like, oh, these guys are cool as hell. And they're really into what they're doing. And so their vision was here's this membership where if it works out, they're going to be giving you lifetime NFT drops for $500 entry point. And at the time, like if you look at it from an Ethereum perspective, that's kind of peanuts. I mean, I, I hate to say it, like $500 is a lot of money to a lot of people, but at the time when you're translating Ethereum, I was, 
and they did a lot of innovative. I, not to cut you off. No, you're fine. Highlight that mint. They did. They did it on their website, and I, I, I think they did it through Polygon, and it was there was no transaction fee, and like they do really seek to. It's about it's about the consumer experience, really, and like drive down costs for your consumer. And I think a lot of different projects right now, people just assume that like a two hundred fifty dollars transaction fee uh, in Ethereum, they're like whatever cost of doing business. But I don't know how long that's going to last. I don't know how well that scales. We talk about the normies in a negative with a negative connotation, but like as far as gas goes, maybe we're the crazy ones. Um, and the normies got it right. Like, is it normal? But I digress on that front. That is just to say that house of Kiba has like, they're pushing the tech and that's what I look for. There's so much copy paste out there. And I am always on Twitter. I am always on different analytics platforms looking at this stuff. We just see so much copy paste and everything. You're, you're trying to find, you're trying to make bets on the diamonds in the rough, the ones that are doing something like truly unique, not because their website says it, but because they can explain to you why the code is doing something interesting or why they made this decision versus that decision. Very few teams like that. House of Kiba is, is one of them. I, I love you, I love those guys. Board Ape is another one for a different reason. Like they they hit on different things. I think Kiba is XR, sort of like what's next uh, for like the metaverse and designing worlds um, and enabling the designing of worlds. Whereas Board Ape is just like a brand behemoth. Like they're gonna find a way to just be an IP king and, and like different different paths. I think they both are kind of going to the same place. And then yeah, there are a number of other ones out there that I think do really interesting stuff. Not to do, not to be a beanie pump or whatever, but like Pixel Vault has done very interesting things. And I know that beanie doesn't work for Pixel Vault, to be clear. But there are plenty of teams out there that are doing very cutting edge, interesting stuff, like paradigm shifting things, like Mint Pass. And then there are others that are just you know that I I wouldn't go for. So yeah, I just look for the innovation mostly. Who's Who's trying to push the space forward? There, there has to be some leeway, I think, with that too, right? So when you're trying to pioneer this whole thing, uh, uh, like pioneer technology, you got to push the envelope, right? Which I see a lot with NBA Top Shot. They're certainly yes. pushing the envelope and, and they're trying to pioneer a space that is, I mean, there's nothing really to work off of. What is it, the physical card industry? It's, it's so different than everything else. Uh, I mean, is that how you see it too? I mean, I don't, uh, I do see it as like the most com comparable thing I think is the physical card industry. My perspective may shift over time, but at the same time, I've, I've dabbled in physical cards over my life. And my dad was a big collector in that, in that space. And like, I have zero desire to do it. I have just, I don't know. Everything that's important to me is mostly digital these days. Like you can, like I have a golf set, uh, like a set of clubs that are like, my holy grail set and then i have like an xbox some devices but beyond that i only care about the digital and like if i have a physical like what who's gonna see it and if i show it off am i being like braggadocious or whatever i i don't know i i really hate the lack of liquidity i just i i wouldn't even consider an investment in a market with that sort of Ill illiquid nature like it just 
bores the shit out of me. You don't want to stack up a bunch of cards and then sell them on eBay and then pack them up. I see like Gary V tweet out about like these stacks of cards and I'm not shitting on any, like every, like it's just not my thing. It's not my style, but I just see these stacks of cards and I'm just like, wait, so you like store those for like how many years? And then, and then you go to a convention and I'm like, you're already talking to me about like overhead. Like I got to travel someplace and I got to figure out where to put these things. And then like, I got to travel someplace else to, to sell them back. I, it just, no thanks. I'll just do it on the internet. Like I'll do it on web. It's on, a little bit Ethereum. more efficient. A little bit. Yes. You know, I'll, I'll pay the gas. I'll pay the gas to not have to go to the convention, whatever. But yeah, I just, I think it's comparable in terms of, some of the economics but like the transparency is just so wildly different that i i'm also kind of just like these are two distinct discrete animals that just like the only real similarity is is going to come down to like the ip like we are it's a way to showcase nba players and this is just a different way to do it and frankly much improved if you did like a blind test on between the physical card market and NBA Top Shot, I, I just don't see how you don't score NBA Top Shot as like a better market across the board. So yeah, I think the similarities are maybe sometimes overstated, is my opinion. You're a big tech guy. You like innovation. So that tell me about I could be wrong. I could be wrong and I could be drinking the Kool-Aid, but that's sort of my perspective. I, I'm I'm with you. I think you're right. I want to know about the wolves and the sheep. Tell me, ah, yes. speaking of innovation, tell me about the wolves and the sheep. I want your take because if you've been on Twitter at all, even if you're not into NFTs really, if you're just top shop focus or anything, you must have seen a tweet or two or five about the wolves and the sheep coming across your timeline. And some people are throwing out things like Ponzi schemes and, and then other people are saying, no, it's an, it's innovation and it's tech and it's, it, it's, tell me about it, man. Uh, yeah. So wolf dot, like a period, wolf dot game is the website and you can read their, they have a white paper that is actually like, you know, it can't be more than like 750, a thousand words. It's pretty, pretty digestible. So they did a stealth launch and I forget which day it was Thursday. I think it was something like that. And I use a, I use a tool called Nansen, N-A-N-S-E-N dot A-I. I do not get paid by them. No one would pay me to promote their shit. Um, <laughs> But uh, I was using, they have a tool that allows you to track hot contracts. And and I use this tool. I don't mint all that often. I use this tool just if anything catches my eye. And this this contract was very hot. And so I was like, I'm going to take a look at this. The tokenomics were interesting. Uh, really, the protocol is interesting. I tend to think, so it's a risk protocol. What this means is that like you make decisions and the decision making is what the game is. So it's not a game. It's not Pokemon. Like we're talking about a game. The game is the decision making. Do you shear your wool and pay the gas to get that wool? Do you, and I'm going to take a step back. Basically what it is, is everyone, you could mint up to 10,000 Genesis zero sheep or wolves. There was a 90% chance you were going to mint a sheep and a 10% chance you would mint a wolf. All sheeps are more or less the same in Gen Zero. The wolves have what is called an alpha score. The alpha score goes from five to eight. Eight being the best, five being the lowest. I don't call it worse because it's, I think the floor is still around like six or seven Ethereum for that. What happens is the sheep generate wool, 10,000 wool a day. 
That is the token governing, running the economy, the platform. At that time, all we knew about were sheep and wolves. And so you could shear the sheep, again, 10,000 wool a day. You pay a 20% tax to the wolves, which is distributed based on the probability of, uh, or sorry, the probability of a wolf getting a certain amount of wool is based on their alpha score. Again, why eight is better than five. And the white paper visualizes this clearer than I can describe on a podcast. Then there's another aspect of this. So you're getting 80% of your wool. You're giving 20% to the wolves. Well, what do we use this wool for? Well, we can use it to mint gen uh, gen one sheep or wolves. Again, the same probability exists. 90% chance sheep, 10% wolf. The only way to mint this is with wool. There's some immediate sort of utility for wool. Uh, Well, it's a relative term utility, but utility nonetheless. People start minting these things. And I I minted a, I won't give an exact figure, but enough, too many probably. And I started, started, uh, uh, staking them to get wool, minted a couple of sheep, minted four sheep, actually. One of them was actually stolen. This is one of the cooler parts of the game is that you also have a 10% chance of either 10 or 20% chance of losing a sheep if you mint it with wool uh, because the wolves can steal those sheep. The basic premise is your wool is safe if, if, it, if it is in the barn. If your sheep are staked or just existing you know not minting anything you're safe your sheep are safe your wool is safe but as soon as you start minting that's where the gamification started taking hold then the contract was exploited someone found a way to reject basically running the contract if uh, or the transaction if um the output was a was a sheep and not a not a wolf this is similar to the mebits hack um not hack but exploit um where you could like where the, the developer was able to to mint the rare ones only and reject a mint if uh, if it was not rare, and so uh, that paused everything. And I was I was like working th- during that time or asleep before I was working. I didn't catch up on it until probably like eleven a.m. Friday or whenever they they paused it, and that's when it all went haywire. The sheep supply was cut off. Nobody knew what was happening next. And like the the minting was paused. The shepherd, everyone's, you know, like guiding light in the wolf game, I guess, went on Twitter and gave us some like rather cryptic slash reassuring messages. And then they basically were like, all right, this is it. We're going to roll out a new, uh, a, a new phase of the game. They announced this wide, open wide metaverse game that they're going to build. Uh, it's kind of been likened to Farmville on the blockchain. Farmville with actual skin in the game and not whatever Facebook played Monopoly tokens we were using back then. I didn't play Farmville, to be clear. Um, but they released plots and they released farmers. And so and with, the, with the stipulation that a game would come in 2022, early 2022, I think is what they, they stated. The plot sold out. The farmers are still minting. You can only get farmers with 40,000 wool. That's one sheep being, or is it 20? I'm missing the details, but you get it. All good. Uh, you have to stake a sheep for a few days, but of course, it's been met with a lot of you know blowback, much deserved, much not deserved. It's been a lot met with a lot of blind enthusiasm because you know people are like printing fucking money on this thing. Some um, big figures going around, man. 
it feels wrong. Like part of it feels like it's interesting. It don't get me wrong. It's interesting. But I, I just like have to ask people like, how excited can you really be about a risk protocol? I think we're getting lost in the novelty of it. It's cool. They they stood something up. They stealth dropped it. I think they've done everything besides. Now they've had two exploits. Actually, I failed to mention the second. And 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 shearing is paused right now, and staking is paused right now until they resolve it. Of course, they are trying to push the envelope to certain degrees. Still, you know, it's the fool me twice, fool me once. How many times can I? Am I going to be comfortable with an with the with a contract being exploited? This the second exploit to clarify, just because I I feel like we're stepping on financial advice, even though this is not financial advice. Um, it wasn't actually exploited. It was just identified by a a uh, benevolent developer that that stated that this would be exploited if not fixed. And so they paused the contract. But I just have to ask everybody, like, are they you in it for the farming? Life on the farms it was great early on. I, I loved it. I loved life on the farm early on. It was simple. I sheared my wool and then I'd mint some sheep and hope they didn't get stolen. Now it feels like something maybe a little bit different. Not to say that it's a, I'm not saying anything about this, it, where it falls in. Like, is it a Ponzi? Is it whatever? The market can decide that we're kind of in a space where that's how it works right now. It's an interesting project, but at the end of the day, I just, I just cannot get that excited about a risk protocol. Someone will do this much better and someone else will beat them. And then like, I, I just feel like this is a novelty thing and maybe I'm wrong. Again, not financial advice. The numbers don't make sense to me right now. So you got in, you played around a little bit, and and you got out once you just. Well, I can't get like, out. My fucking and... sheep are staked, and I can't unstake them. I can't shear them. Oh, geez. I mean, yeah. So I have nine sheep just sitting, generating wool, which is fine. At this point, I'm riding it. I'm just letting it ride, kind of thing, and seeing what what happens. Again, I'm not saying what what's happening is is malicious. I think people beanie pumped it. Of course, uh, people need to be aware of that. And I think the problem there is that everyone's got the, the beanie, BGLD, Blute residue. I mean, before BGLD and Blute, and like, keep in mind, Blute was free. I don't know who lost money on it, but it wasn't the Minters. Before that, he was a huge proponent of Pixel Vault, and that worked out just dandy. And like, I do actually believe Pixel Vault is a tremendous team. I'm not saying everything Beanie says is gold. That's far from it. Like, you have to learn to sift through the bullshit. But really that's why i think it became so polarized he was pumping this there are red flags as there are in a lot of projects with devs that we don't see their faces we don't know who they are two contracts that had to be paused tread lightly is is really my my thing here but i also don't think we can just you know demonize this project and like let a bunch of other shit slide i see plenty of bullshit every single day that people embrace and like, I'm not embracing this. I'm just kind of, in, I'm engaged in the social experiment. I've covered my downside. Everyone should cover their downside always, all the time, in everything, and then let it ride. And I'm just kind of here for the, for the social experiment at this point. It is really a polarized thing, be, largely because BGLD was someone's life's work. We're definitely moved into a new, I mean, we're, we're already like, NFT timelines are so different than everything else in life, but we've kind of passed the 
profile picture project era where every like board ape launched that right and it was thank just god. Yeah, thank god it was just brutal as every single day was a new one and people were I mean, you load it up, and if you hit some rare ones, it, you did pretty good, and then you cleaned up and got out, and a few hung around, right? Cool Cats is still there, Gutter Cats, and you know a couple others. So, Cryptodes. Crypt. I love Cryptodes, man. I can I just they're great, right? They're the ultimate meme. They are awesome, and I'm so mad I didn't get any when I got it. Do you have any? I I have. I bought one on the night it minted, so I was on that platform I was talking about. Uh, the one that doesn't pay me anything to promote, so I'm not going to say the name <laughs> twice. Um, and I see the contract, and I missed it by five minutes to mint. And I was like beside myself. And the secondary market was like, I think, 3x mint maybe. I bought one at like 0.25. And it started exploding. And I listed it at like 0.8 or something. So it was below one ether. And it sold like 15 minutes later. And I'm walking around my fucking the basement where I'm staying in my in-laws, like Conor McGregor or like Vince McMahon, like the billionaire <laughs> walk, thinking like I just fucking made the greatest trade. I just made like 0.5 Ethereum in 15 minutes. And then the thing just takes off. And I've just been watching it. And I'm like, I'm not even mad about it because it is a it is a great project. And it's my own fault for, you know, big braining that one and fumbling that bag. It's on my short list. I, I need to get back into it eventually. But of course, easier said than done. I do hope to own a toad at some point, man. I just, they're yeah. just the best project. It's a tremendous project. Yeah, it really I'm obsessed with Noundow. And it, Noundow, it's just like, like anything Gremlin is, is fun. Yeah. Just too fun. For sure. I think, you know, so speaking of PFB projects, and in this sense, pixelated PFB projects. I, by the way, I'm a huge fan of pixel art. I love pixel art because I think it's really hard to do right. And, and people look at it right on the surface and, and they say, that's just, that's shit. Look at it. It's shit. Yeah, a lot of them are. But if you do it right, you can tell there's a difference. And uh, Cryptodes is, is one of them. But there's a newer one that I have been dying to talk about because everybody's talking about it. And that is Ballers. How many, Man. How many Ballers do you have? I have five Ballers. I helped somebody out who couldn't make the mint or two people out that couldn't make the mint. And then I bought one. I did a trade for one. I traded a LeBron James seeing stars for one that someone got out of a flow fest pack. He's a buddy of mine. We basically, we did the whole song and dance. I was like, if this thing goes to, you know, board ape levels or something, not saying it will NFA, don't worry. I'm not going to, I'm not going to like, fuck you over like we'll we'll figure this out but uh yeah no i i have five right now when the marketplace opens up um i imagine i'll be going rare sniping let me ask you because you're an experienced guy and you you, you know a lot about so flow blockchain this is built on flow for those who yep. aren't fully aware of ballers but i i think most people listening to this are built on flow integrated with the dapper wallet which is awesome, and we'll get into that in a second. But your overall impression of what's going on right now, because it is bananas. I mean, the, I, the community, my entire timeline is ballers. They had that players-only thing with MCW, and he's going to put somebody's project on the shoes, and the ballers won. I don't know. They've been alive for two weeks. <laughs> like, what is your – I got to From an from a, a NFT project perspective, a generative one, what is your – what do you think? Is this is this huge? 
first of all, I think you're right about the pixel art. And like what I've seen time and time again is people hammer this sort of thinking that like pixel art does exceptionally well. Well, it does when it does well, which is rare. But if you do it right, it can really go haywire in a great way. I'm ultra bullish on this. I've not, I don't remember, like when I got into Board Ape Yacht Club, we're talking the floor was, I, I'm terrible at time, like you had mentioned with this, like I've aged so much. <laughs> uh, it feels like a decade ago, but um, but I can't even, you know, even if I sold it, I couldn't take long-term capital gains on it yet. It's only been like six months. <laughs> um, but it was at like one Ethereum and I remember being like, wow, you know, this is a pretty crazy community. I wasn't there for the very initial start. I don't, I don't know what that was like, but I've been around and I don't think I've seen a PFP project take off with this kind of like firepower, thunderstorm, whatever you want to, whatever natural thing you want to liken it to. And I, and I reference something natural because it feels extraordinarily organic. And that's what I really do like. It feels almost like if I could, if I could compare it to another community, I think gutter cats, is probably close. I mean, we're only a few weeks into ballers. So like no shade at gutter cat. I'm saying like, this is what they, the vibe I'm general vibe I'm getting. is like, just like a pretty like grassroots community of like, it's like one of us gif, except actually like one of us, like it's not a bunch of whales or VCs. And I, I, I do feel um, that ballers is going to be uh, I'll frame it this way. Do you think flow NFTs are going to be successful? Because by extension, how do you think the first pixelated art on flow is going to do? Uh, or PFP, generative art project, generative PFP project on flow is going to do? That's really why I was initially kind of like looms come, hoodlums come out. And I'm like, I missed them. And I and I and now I'm FOMOing in. Only have one right now. So please send recommendations my way. They came out and I was just like, okay, this is first. But then when I saw the ballers, I was like, this is first. Like if they're both first in, in their own way. And I'm with you that pixelated art has its own, pixel art has its own sort of niche, own sort of like vertical almost. And I think as PFP project goes, like we're going to move to this w- world where like you, you prefer pixel to non-pixel with a few exceptions. And I think this is because to your point, the limitations of pixel art are so severe that if it's good, it's great. And if it's okay, it's probably bad. Like it's almost like 1% are gonna be amazing and then 99% are gonna be trash. It's kind of the same for other things. I just think in pixel art, it's easier to tell what's good and what's bad versus like, well, I don't know if this vampire fucking frog is good or evil or, or a good investment a bad investment like i don't know what to do you you didn't have many limitations to your design whereas pixel art i'm just like you really have to make it work and um that kind of talked all about th- the things i love about ballers without specifically calling anything out about ballers they hit it well and it's like they're it's a perfect storm for them to to do really exceptionally well i haven't thought much about them it's a it's sort of a medium long-term thing again. I don't think I'll be listing them. Maybe I'll list a, a less rare one to flip up to a rarer one with some extra cash I have on hand. But like, I'm, I'm long here. I'm, I, I'm ludicrously long on flow, the flow blockchain. I, I think cadence is a, a good, is a great language. I think 
this is a project that people need to pay attention to. I'll give a hot take. I think it's the I think Chain Runners phone like hype is gonna evaporate into this. That's my take. Once it's accessible, we have we have a we have we have the pixel art project on Ethereum, guys. Sorry, I get not not fudding chain chain runners because I do love the art. I do. I just the the pump that I've seen is not organic, and I don't like it. And I cashed out on it. Thanks for the cheddar, but like. <laughs> I'll buy back in when it's lower, when it's actually valued at what it should be. And maybe I'm dead off there, NFA, always. But uh, that's kind of my my take is that everyone got everyone front ran this and got the wrong pixel project. Ballers, uh, so speak to the point that you said about being organic. One of the, the, the big bull signs for me is how many creators are already emerging from this. People are creating with this. They're doing their own thing. The, the, the original creators haven't done much. They released it. They got a. They got an interesting roadmap. Um, you know what remains to be seen. What happened? But people are just taking this and running with it, and they're building off yep. of it. And that to me is a big, big. That's what I saw with the apes. And I'm not saying it's the same project as the apes, but what happened with Board Ape is all of these people just started creating and building off it, creating brands. They did all this stuff, and I'm seeing the same thing early on with Ballers. The really interesting thing about Ballers to me is that it actually reminds me of early NBA Top Shot. Because what I remember in the early days was like, what is my account worth? What is it valued at? Everyone wanted that kind of tooling. Everyone wanted to have like some sort of like way to track their portfolio and whether it was the valuation or whether it was like what's, you know, really hot and might be a good thing to offload right now, whatever the case might be. We started seeing these stand up. Um, What was the first one? I'm blanking on it now. I think it was like intangible.eth dot io or something like it was really early yeah and i think it was i remember before just me. using that religiously evaluate and market was the first one that i used. Eva- evaluate market was the one that came right after this and basically like someone obviously had more time well, i think intangible like... dot eth was steve veerman's project was that veerman don't quote me on that but i bet you i think it because he started uh an evaluation tool well he is intangible dot he is so of course so that's him of course it has to be his project yep. Well, it was Steve. He knows I love him, but like I love you, Steve. I loved your tool. I, I'm sorry I didn't know it was yours, but I use that religiously, and I, I get the same vibe from Ballers. Where like, the difference I see from B- Board Eight to Ballers and NBA Top Shot is that it's really like closed ecosystem building. Not not nah, not closed loop, so so to speak, but it's really always about like the community. Like the community can use this tool. Board Ape Yacht Club, we, we see like crazy innovation, which I love. Jenkins the Valet is a is a yes. quintessential That's example. That's one of I that. missed like, on that I it was one of the coolest projects to come out of Board Ape that I've seen. I missed on it and then like got in on it and then I I just can't ever see myself like I just love that project. But it's a different thing, right? Like I have a board ape. I don't by default get value out of Jenkins the Valet. I have to be part of that project too, which I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I think it empowers Jenkins to have much more re- resourcing to build on his IP and by extension, any apes that that uh, get involved uh, or mutants to be clear. But yeah, these tools just feel like anyone interested in buying into the ballers community, anyone who would like to understand the economics of the ballers community or the rarity, the traits, anyone who wants to understand 
you know, what their ballers are worth or what their, what their traits might mean or, or how they, you know, might stack teams or whatever they might be preparing for. It just feels like there will be a lot of homegrown utility that is sort of unilaterally applied across the 10,000 ballers. Like if you have one, you can kind of use it. Reminds me of early day top shot where we're hungry for these sorts of tools. A lot of people in spreadsheets and whatever. And uh, when those started popping up, I was just like, oh, okay. Like people can see what their account's worth now. Like this is, this changes some things. And that was, you know, a pretty, pretty basic thing to uh, stand up. It's not a groundbreaking analytics platform, but it really just opened up the transparency into this. And I think Ballers is going to, is going to gain a lot from just the, one of the benefits of the blockchain is you can collaborate really well on it. Um, I'm not saying that anyone's collaborating in, in cadence right now on it or, or on the blockchain, but they've developed this sort of like IP that like we have a total understanding of who's a part of it, who's not a part of it, who's, you know, investing more into it, whether it's time, money, uh, anything. It just all feels again, like top shot where we were like, Oh, we actually have. And that's like, not to give it an inflection point, but this was about the time where I was like, the physical card card market is fucked. It's fucked irreparably because you just, the opportunities are endless. Like you're seeing basic things where it's like, we can, we can model out a value based on a floor or we can model out a value based on like a, you know, a proprietary algorithm that moment ranks build moment ranks builds, or uh, I don't want to play favorites, like whoever evaluate market, whatever that was just scratching the surface. And I was like, Oh yeah, this is game over. This is going to catch wildfire. And that now like NBA top shot, I think collectors are very like, they, they complain a lot about like the centralized nature of it, but then they also direct all of their complaints to the Dapper team. <laughs> like the, the, the people I love in the Top Shot community are the builders, community builders, uh, utility builders around sets um, or moments. And the people that are like building on it, I won't list all the, I won't gush over all the people I, who I adore in this space for that. But like, I, I see a lot of innovation going on that I just, I feel like Top Shot is like waiting for some of the, the pro, rest of the protocol to catch up, um, some of the products to catch up, thinking about things like staking or, or, or loaning or collateral, whatever. That's why we're in beta. The scope of the project is so massive. If you, if you zoom out, it's, it's like insane what's going to come from this. Um, and I'm not saying every moment's going to go up or whatever. I, I just, I wouldn't bet against Dapper. I sorry, I won't do it. Yeah, I, I can't. And blame like you. anyone's allowed to do it, but yeah. fuck that. Like, <laughs> I'm not gonna. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. It was my decision. I'm just supremely confident in that in 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 that team. Yeah, I'm I'm with you there, man. Uh, I want to go back to ballers real quick because we were talking about yes. rarity traits, and one of the wrinkles that they introduced, which we're not a hundred percent sure on yet, but I think is a really cool wrinkle, is skills. So they've given every baller a skill set and there is a there's a new if you go to uh, I think it's ballers.info so one of the community people created a a rarity lookup and so now you have these ballers that some of them are extremely rare from a rarity trait perspective but then their skills aren't so good and then it kind of balances out where then all of a sudden you're finding some that are super rare and then also very skillful skillful and then they have this combined score and I think that's really cool and really intriguing and not only do I think that there's potential for, I know they've uh, hinted at a game 
which dude, give me give me an NBA Jam throwback type game. Are you see? Yeah, and I will lose my it. God. I will lose it. Uh, you're gonna game over. It's game over, man. But I think that people are gonna take this and run with it. And one great example is uh, a guy, and I he, he's going by Frankie. And I've been DMing with him. He's running this 2K project where he's built players into this game and he's going to be running tournaments and shit. That's fucking cool, man. We just started. And people are just throwing things out there and just trying shit. It may work. It may not work. But I think it's a cool concept. That's my favorite part. Try it. Like, get some shit out there. I see too many. Like, Ethereum, one of Ethereum's problems is just, like, like how many projects there are. And then people are like, wait, it hasn't gone up. It's it's exhausting. This feels people are like in it for the long haul. Like I don't, I there aren't very many projects. I see people like get a get an immediate sort of like, yeah, I'm gonna hitch my horse to this wagon, and no looking back. And it's been like wildfire. I really, it's not hyperbole. Like I I don't I can't recall seeing this before. Like maybe the fucking lazy lions, <laughs> those goddamn lazy lions. Which like I don't care. Like I I'm not fighting the lions. Do your thing, but like they just descend. It's crazy. This feels more organic though. Is is what I want to say. Like it has the lazy lions like mania without the sort of like coordinated attacks on people's posts. My favorite part about it is the organic feeling, and we keep saying it, but. You got to mint seven. That's all you had. Uh, there was a. Oh, I tried to mint many more. Yeah, yeah. I I misunderstood it. I thought I could only mint mint seven at a time, and I'm like sitting there like five, like three devices. Like <laughs> how how can I mint more of these things? And then I gave up. But like yeah, I wanted as many as I could get. But I liked that they limited it, and I also liked how they did it, where you had to how they sort of like limited bots mm-hmm. with the actual buy mechanism it wasn't enter a number into a box it was like i had to click into one and then buy it and then i had to click into another one and then if it was if it wasn't sold buy it and all like i didn't know what they looked like at the time but again innovation keeping your customer focused and center and like i like that and i think flow really abides by that philosophy and you kind of set it up for an organic sort of explosion because in aggregate it all compounds into this really interesting project and really interesting community that can fully function on this tech and i just i yeah i can't say enough good things about it i don't think it's the next crypto punks i'm not gonna say that i don't think anything is but i think it's gonna be a hell of a fun time the community has really already made it seem like i already feel very secure with with that bag again this is something i i i'm long on tell me about the dapper integration how do you feel about that there's there's some concern because the dapper wallet is integrated and that people are going to sell all their top shot to get into ballers and then i feel more like long term is great for the ecosystem because it allows money to flow in and out between multiple projects and and get back into top shot at some point so what do you think we see it on Ethereum, right? You sell something and you get a bunch of Ethereum and you go and you fucking spend it. That's what people do. I was on Sturdy Exchange to buy a, a, a hoodlum and I had to like load in Ethereum or pay with my credit card. And I was upset. I was not happy with that. I think friction is hardly ever good. And in this case, it's not good. It's great that Dapper is integrating this. 
Um, and I would challenge anyone that thinks that people, I'll, I'll say this. If you are selling Top Shot Moments to buy ballers, you better hope you are not the majority because there are 10,000 ballers. There's just not enough ballers for this to have a sort of meaningful impact to the Top Shot market. What I could see happening is a massive sell-off and then a bunch of people that just change their minds, the, the, you know, the hype dies down. Or, I mean, the reveal's already happened, so like that's usually the hype killer. I, I tend to think that it's going to do well on secondary, and that, like some people are going to finally be like, wait, Top Shot's actually undervalued, isn't it? And they're going to take all that money and put it back into Top Shot. I, I tend to not react because we're so early that like things change so fast. It's why I have one trade ticket. Like I just wanted to feel what it felt like. That's it. I'm not trading anything and I'm not playing the game. I'm interested in it, but I'm not playing it. But yeah, that's, I just, I, I don't think you want to get caught in that shit storm of I'm going to sell this moment on the floor to get a baller. And then I'm going to go back to top shot. If I can't get a baller, I, I don't know if that's going to work out as well as you think it will with the transaction, like the 5% cost, with how the market moves. I just don't like that idea at all. I don't think you should steal from Peter to pay Paul or whatever the fuck that analogy is. Like, I, I really think people need to take a close, hard look at this. If they understand, if they just determine that they would like some diversity across flow products and they cannot bring in any incremental budget or funds, that's totally fine. I would just urge them to do it uh, in a sort of... Uh, conscious way because I think we are going to see a lot of people undercutting top shot moments. We're not in, we're not in the sell range. We're in a buy market. If, if, if I'm being honest, not financial advice, but it's how I'm operating. I, I don't think that's the play. I think you're, I think you're selling potential upside that like you may or may not get. And I don't like chasing bubbles and I don't like chasing hot things. Things tend to go down. Eventually look at the cryptodes. I would encourage people to buy their time, to pay attention to the community, to figure out how they might fit into it before making that leap. If they are truly going to sell some of their more prized moments for the liquidity. But I do think largely it's a good thing because liquidity is king and we need to be able to allow people to make their own decisions. If the market determines they want ballers at fucking $25,000 floor, and Top Shot gets hammered. The market chose that. But everything I've seen from Flow and just like Dapper in general, I'm just like, I think they're ultra cognizant of not allowing something like that to occur. I just, I think they've really, really contemplated the economic impact of this and are being really, really delicate and treading really, really lightly. So I think it's only a good thing. And it's inevitable. We have, they have to get there. And so like rip the bandaid off. I think we'll have a week of, of, of volatility and uh, maybe a little bit tumultuous, but it's long-term fucking amazing. Anyone who says differently, I would love to understand why. I, I can't really think of, I can't really think of a long-term bad scenario. Like it's always, it was always going to come to this. Yeah. Yep. So, some people would point out maybe timing. So right now, because Top Shot's scuffling a little bit. You're a guy who doesn't, because you're at different projects, and like you said, and I, I like that point you made about taking a break, having another distraction, having something to bring you up while this is coming down. 
but you also mentioned that this is a buyer's market. So are you actively buying right now on Topshop? Yeah. So my Topshop strategy this year, or this year, I should be more specific, since I returned, has been largely, uh, in the summer, I rotated in a lot of new money into Topshop. I probably rotated in 90% of the profits I had ever made. To give a figure, just for people to understand that I'm not bullshitting, it's 30K that I rolled in, give or take. And like, that's a huge figure to some and not a huge figure to plenty on the platform. But like, it means something to me and I wanted to put my skin in the game, my stake in the ground, whatever you want to, however you want to call it. Now, I've been much more focused, uh, less about like, uh, you know, bringing in new money. I typically bring in new money to buy packs. Or if I'm going to do some crazy, like I'm going to buy a, you know, it's a $10,000 moment. That's typically not my like play around. Like let's optimize my DAP, my uh, top shot collection. Right now I'm really in a rotation mode where I'm just kind of like, I'll sell some here to get into something immediately there. Like my dapper balance is at zero pretty much constantly. It's just a rotation into moments that I like more than the moments that I have. It's really no sort of condemnation of, of Top Shot at all. I'm putting the money right back in. Uh, I actually was going to withdraw like 3500 a couple of weeks ago. And I was just, I just looked at the market and I was like, I, I just can't. Like This is not to shame anyone that does this. Everyone's in their own situation. I tweeted this and, and MBL pointed that out. I truly believe that there is no shame. Taking profits is the best thing you can do. But for me, it was like, the, it, I just was like, I can't sit here and, and and look at some of these moments that are out here. And I was like, there are some sets that I just, I, I know I'm going to want to complete. And I'm, I'm very fortunate in having seen sort of the before and after the boom. I'm starting to feel, not to make a false equivalency, but like, I, I start to feel now that I'm like, there's going to be a future where I'm priced out of some of these moments. It's starting to feel very real. That's kind of how I felt early on where I was just like looking at legendary moments and I'm like, these are $2,000. I'm not going to go for it. Why would I spend $10,000 on a John Morant Cosmic? Why would I do that? As you can see, I've learned some things along the way. I'm not saying it's going to work out to the same magnitude. It almost certainly won't. But um, it's really like I'm not going to make the same mistake again. I see a lot of opportunities that I just don't think will be there. And that's kind of how I'm operating. You have an amazing perspective that I, I think the majority of users do not, and that you were there before the end of January, February, just explosion. And, and you just the perspective on like what S1 was selling for in early January versus, you know, I can't imagine coming in. I came in in mid January and I just kind of got caught up in all of it. Bale sent me there like he did so many people because I re respect the hell out of Bales. I just, Wherever he says go, I'm going probably. That was my inflection point. Yeah. When that guy said that, I was like, I've read a couple of his books. I've been following him, you know, from DFS. He's just a smart dude. Uh, but like coming in February, March, and all you've seen is down for the most part until, you know, we got to the bottom of July. Then we saw a nice spike up. I was looking at graphs the other day. But really all you've seen is down. And it's... I have that feeling and I don't really know. I'm not an experienced market guy. Uh, I love Top Shot. I'm long on Top Shot. I have that feeling that I'm looking at a lot of stuff right now going, it could come down again, but I don't know if I'm going to see this again. And I'm just really, really torn. But Top Shot has been making money. They've been doing a lot. of. They've done pack drops. They did the weight thing. They've been making money. 
do you feel that that money is being reallocated back into Top Shot? And, and I'm asking this objectively because my opinion is it is, and it's just more expensive to do a lot of this stuff than we realize. Do you think that they are reallocating this back to Top Shot? Do you think that they're spreading it out with NFL? How do you feel about the Great money? Question. That, how do you feel about the money that they're making right now? I have no issue with so I have issue with supply caps from the past. I think they've pivoted and done a great job. I have no complaints. I at this point I think you reward early investors and collectors by by really pumping out a lot um, of the commons, especially. In terms of how much they're making, I think people underestimate the efficiency at which capital can be deployed. They are making money hand over fist. They have had a banner year, right? They have raised money. They're a, what are they, seven, eight billion dollar company? Like, man, that seems like a steal. It, I just can't say enough about like how fast this company has grown. And like, I sound like a dapper fanboy. And like, trust me when I tell you, I am like, I hate authority. Like, give me Rage Against the Machine <laughs> and like all of that yeah. shit. Like, I fucking don't jive well with authority and I would be the first, honestly, I'd be the first to jump ship. If I felt something was wrong, I would be the first to say this is bullshit. I, I think in certain instances you can worry yourself to death for no fucking reason, or you can just say, I'm going to make a binary choice. I'm in it or I'm not. And if I'm in it, there is some level of faith that needs to be committed to this, invested in this, or you are not going to do very well. You are going to be reactionary. You are going to be far too easy come easy go on things and you're not going to make really dedicated choices that are in the best interest of, of what you're attempting to do here, which is build a collection that goes up in value, that allows you to, to buy packs and gets you access to this utility in the way at the price that works for you. It's hard for me to think that Pet Roham and the team are underestimating the magnitude of this opportunity. And I think they are operating diligently and delicately. And I think we need to zoom the fuck out. And to your question, I think they are 100% committed to NBA Top Shot being their most successful product of all time ever on Flow. I think anything less than that, they would be upset. I truly do believe that, except maybe CryptoKitties, like, but they don't get the, CryptoKitties don't get the love they deserve. But NBA Top Shot was really sort of flows come to like welcome party. It was like, we're here, we're legitimate. And like the volume they do is insane. Like it's insane. And they can do it because of their tech. So I just, I, I think to keep it, the, the TLDR is that capital takes some time to, to take effect. We need to give them time to invest this. We're, they're moving weight. They're moving big money. They're, th they're thinking big. And uh, uh, I'd be far more concerned if they were giving me like an itemized list of the shit they were spending money on. I'd be like, just go do it. You're building the future. I don't know what it looks like. You're supposed to. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm much more inclined just to kind of operate under the good faith sort of paradigm. I think that they are investing everything they should be into Top Shot. I tend to agree, man. I think 
you nailed it with just you have to have a little bit of faith and as as queasy as that can make you or as uncomfortable as it might be you know maybe if it's making you really uncomfortable then you're you're too over leveraged or you know you're exactly you're just in too far and so you know everybody's got to do what's right for them uh certainly no financial advice that is my 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 feeling as well so i think you you were spot on there dude i i wouldn't change a thing about what you said i thought it was awesome i had to give you like a yeah and and a, to the point about like being over leveraged i can't express enough we all want our account values to go up we all want to be in the next percentile or whatever but like you will have so much more fun if you are not over leveraged and that's just the way it is and i've found a nice sweet spot where like i feel pretty comfortable with my actions on top shot and no matter what happens like if it goes to zero, that would not be fun. I've kind of reconciled with everything. I'm at, I'm at peace with it. And it's really about sizing your bags and sizing your risk. And like, if you can get that risk sizing right, like you can still get plenty of upside without losing sleep at night. So I would encourage everyone to just pack their bags in, in a way that it fits. Think about it like your luggage. Like just, it needs to fit. And if your suitcase is too small, it might not be in a few years, but right now just be as efficient as possible and don't over leverage yourself. And then you get to take a step back and not worry about the day-to-day things because you just, they don't matter anymore. Good stuff, man. Really, really good Super stuff. Super Hallmark card. Yeah, that was cliche. Oh, like, I actually, I'm going to put that on a card, I think. I don't know. It's just killer. Yeah. Killer, man. Send it to all your friends <laughs> with, their, with the Gary Vee book. <laughs> I want the Nate Lawson book, man. I am I am on board. <laughs> I am I am on board with Rage. I want the Steve Beerman book. Yeah, yeah. Steve. Steve's going to write a book someday. I know he is. He's just, uh, he's a sharp dude. Oh, beyond. So now I got I got your take. So you've been buying Top Shot, which is, which is cool. We have, you know, we just started series three. We had base pack drops today. We have not seen rares. We have not seen legendaries. That's going to bring me to my favorite part of the show, which I call the general queue. And this is a question that comes from my man, coach, and I'm going to play it right now. Hey guys, do you plan on completing any of the series three sets? So where are you at with series three? What do you think? Have you seen anything that has really caught your eye that you're into? That's a great question. I haven't given a ton of thought to the to the set completions. I, I was listening to the Beerman episode that you, you did, and he was talking about, like, to, there's a certain point where they just, like, even he just, like, can't complete them all. Well, uh, to give you a frame of reference, I'm at the point where it's, like, I have, like, a handful completed. We're talking about, like, the gift, um, which is, like, five moments or six, whatever it was, and, uh, like, a couple of others that are just, like, it is really hard to complete sets and i don't think i am focused on completing any s3 sets until i see how the economy the economics work out on it the way i'm kind of framing it is like i i try to do challenges i do like i like challenges but i don't chase a lot of them anymore i chased mgle uh s2 challenges okay like uh, terry rogier whatever the other one christian wood i think was one of them I've done my cha- I've done my challenge time and like I so I'm more about focused on like if a pack drops I'll take a look at the set in a month typically and, and see where things are net- netting out. I'm in no rush to complete anything S3. I'm more focused I would say on like there's some S2 
throwdowns and seeing stars, I would I would like to complete an S2. That's my priority. I'm intrigued by two sets. I have the I'm a big fan of the Hustle and Show set. It's really low entry point and it's a fun set. It's got you know it's got cool dunks. It's got hustle plays. I'm a big fan, so I'll be completing that. I think uh, I'm with you. I got like, there's a lot to be intrigued by. Sets are hard to complete, but. I think Hustle and Show, well, that's a definite for me for sure. It's going to be a common set. It should be pretty accessible. Yeah, I have the S2 one of that one. Shout out to the Hustle and Showroom for that, for helping me out there and, and showing me the way. But uh, yeah, Hustle and Show is great. Those guys are awesome. Talk about a community taking a set and running with it. Those guys have really built something. I mean, I have to say that's it's it's a breath of fresh air because like i i see like it's the opposite of ballers right like ballers it's the community like building and like nobody's really upset everybody's out two hundred dollars or whatever like but right now your your baller isn't worth anything really like you have no liquidity so i i, I just think the top shot is more everyone's always like reliant on top shot it is nice to see these communities stand up and like create some utility because i think that's top shot's vision in the end is like they will provide utility but do you is board ape yacht club successful because utility given by the founders i mean yes in a lot of ways but like look at what it's turned into and just like other entry points and like derivatives and just like its own like ecosystem i, I think it's important that top shot goes that route and like where communities are building you're going to see products follow and you're going to see sort of not market makers. These are going to be the guys that are like the, the core ambassadors to newcomers that are like, you're new on the platform and now you're ready to be a little bit more involved. You're out, you're, you're ready to get out of the general chat on discord and you, and you hop into hustling showroom or, or the seeing stars, whatever Wolfpack, whatever it might be. I just think that's always been like a missed sort of like value of this is the uh the community aspect of it and i know that's cliche but like what are we i don't know what are we doing if not for like this is for, this is worth something at least to me it is and if it's not worth anything to somebody then i would argue they aren't in this for the right reasons and i don't think they're in it for very sustainable reasons so i'm all about that i think if, if i i love seeing that the people that are actually like extracting utility out of moments and not waiting for sh top shot to do it. That's great. That's what this is all supposed to be about in my, in my mind. Right on, man. I think it's pretty amazing that I've met already people that I consider my very close friends that I've had the pleasure of interviewing on these shows. And I talk to every single day and we, we have a blast. We really do. It's, it's addicting how fun it is. Yeah. And I've never, it I've is. never had that. I've never, I've been a gamer in my life, but you know, to some extent I've like years ago, I played Warcraft and, and so I'm not a complete stranger to interacting with people virtually and building relationships and stuff. But this to me has been next level and I love it. It's, it, I agree with you. I just, there's just so much to learn about it that like, I, like Twitter is just like a hose of just <laughs> different perspectives and different things. And it's really great to see it all like the negative, the negative and the positive, like, the community has been like, it's, it's crazy to see what's come out of it. And, and again, it goes to that organic thing. When the organic stuff happens, that's sort of where like the magic is like, whoa, and the innovation occurs. And it's just, it, it's good to see that because uh, the alternative is kind of like just, you know, getting drowned out by the negativity. Absolutely. Yeah, we, we need as much of it as we can. 
Well, I took you all over the place, man. I took you for a little bit of a roller coaster. We 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 talked NFTs on Ethereum. We went ballers. I'm gonna finish with a top shot question. It's a little bit of a, a switch on a question that I have been asking. I like to get your take on, you know, it. I've been asking people if you're just starting out, what would you do? But I'm gonna throw a little bit of different question at you because with Roham's recent AMA. That famous word, rake back or Roham Bucks or whatever you want to call it, got thrown out there and everybody's chomping at the bit. I, I almost can't wait for this to just happen just so we can move on. But I'm just going to throw a question at you. This is you, just you. A generous rake back hits your account. It's 2000 bucks. What are you doing with it? Oh, all right. This is going to be specific, but I'm at like, I got, I got up to 75,000 collector score and then I did a giveaway and I'm below 75,000 collector score. 75,000 collector score is the VIP threshold. I don't know what the fuck VIP means. I'm just, I'm just there. It's like, it's a POAP to me. Like, I just want the, it's like the, the, the flex. approval. I'm not even going to add it to my Twitter. Like I don't, it's not even oh. the flex. It's just like, it's the competitive nature of me. Like I just need to get there. Um, and so if I had that, I would complete, uh, what could I complete with that? I'd probably go through and I'd, keep it as loose powder to complete Hawks, Knicks, keep those teams complete, probably go and finish up some sets from S2 that I have, or maybe a couple of other teams, but I would use it mostly to optimize that collector score, um, just up to 75K, which is arbitrary. If I didn't have that sort of really bullshit nuance, I would probably go and buy S1 MGLE or rookie debut. I haven't checked the prices on rookie debut, but I'm sure there are some sitting like Kevin Porter Jr. I made, I regret, I want MG. Oh wait, no, I want MGLE. No, I want rookie debut with Kevin Porter Jr. Over the summer. And um, I kind of want his MGLE too. So maybe that's the play if I can get that for cheap, but I, that was that boom. So I, that might not be possible. KPJ. That's the play. I was going to say, it sounds like there's a lot of things you'd like to get right now. Yeah, after I so I had only thought up to the collector score bit, and then now I'm like, oh, there's, and that's the thing, and that's why I tend to buy in like sprees, is because I tend to let ideas kind of like flow through me until one sort of latches on that I can't let go, and that's how I wound up with 19 Kyle Kuzma <laughs> MGLE from S2. <laughs> I love that. Uh, talk about a conviction play. Just p- pile them up. His fashion alone makes it worth it. Have you seen the sweater? Yes. Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> that's, the, that's the only utility I demand out of Top Shot is I need a Top Shot branded sweater. <laughs> Same scale as Kyle Kuzma's. <laughs> I love it. Good stuff. I, I tell you, since the AMA, I was already working towards it, but since the AMA, I've just gone balls out on S2 Celtics Commons. I just cannot stop accumulating them whenever I see a $3 one. I'm just because I'm all about collector score right now. So just building that up too. So S2 is everyone's sleeping on S2. It's like the, it's like in the limbo state. And I just think we're going to realize what, how scarce it is. And also just like, I feel like collector score is almost like a token in and of itself. It's not, but like it, there is a, there's a disconnect between moment value and the collector score that helps that moment or that, uh, that like sort of like is uh, appended to that moment. I feel like at least I feel like there's going to be a more efficient economy in the future around collector score that gives another reason that moments have value that we won't see $3 moments that have good collector score value anymore. 
And I think that's naturally going to like lift all boats. The floor is going to rise. But yeah, S2 is where it's at. I love, I love S2. It's where it's the first one that I was really went like ape shit on and was like just buying as many packs as I could. So S2 is a great one. Yeah, I agree. That was like my first love too. And then I like backtracked and looked at S1, but Roham talked about problem with the communication is collector score is convoluted. And part of the problem is not communicating it properly at say even the point of purchase or when you're browsing. And so integration of right when you buy it and they integrate that collector score boost right there. So if you go to look at it and they say, this is going to give you 36 points because it's a Celtic and I have the full team. Like, I think that's huge to your point. As soon as people start associating the value with the collector score and then you go to a, a series three and it's like, oh, I get two points. Holy shit. That's a big deal. You know, the light bulbs are going to uh, light up as soon as people really start seeing that. I hope that they can integrate it in such a way that it is actually shown on the marketplace pages. That it's like, you buy this moment, here's the collector score. I don't think we're like that far away from like a, a, a tool or some, maybe it already exists, that is giving us like a price per collector score. Sort of like USD to collector score uh, uh, translation um, or conversion. I just think that like it's largely been ignored except for like people that are really dedicated to building it up. And I think if you're newer to top shot, like collector score, you're probably so far off from like priority Q1 or two that you're like, I don't even worry about it that much right now. Like, let me know when I'm closer. I think that is going to be a huge gamification of top shot platform. That is kind of like an unspoken thing right now that I think steps into the foreground probably in, in the next six months or something, especially if they keep legendary packs pretty scarce at like a 99 cap or something like that. I hope they do 99 for hollow, but I, uh, I agree that it's collector score is, is, is not thought about as utility right now, even though it is. And so much like how I'm, I'm flipping wool for ether, like guys, there's a many other things out there and other economies that also operate under the same fundamental thing like fundamental notions that i just think collector score is in a way it's a currency it pays your entry into pack queues and i don't think we're far off from seeing it do a lot of other things utility wise i agree man i i'm with you 100 percent. they do need to clarify it they do need to clarify it. it that needs to be stipulated it needs to be very obvious what's happening but I think surfacing those in the UI in the front end, you buy this moment, like here's how you would maximize your collector score. Like that should be native to the top shot platform. That should not have to come from own the moment or whatever other platform. You Hold use. people. That should be a native thing in yeah. top shot. Hold people by the hand. To optimize your collector score. Hold them by yep. the hand, man. That's, we all need that. No friction. No friction. 100%. Man. Like make it clear. Definitely. Dude, that was a fast hour and a half almost. Oh, wow. Am I your longest one uh, yet? Well, that's a weird way to phrase that. Am I the longest podcast episode you've done you are, yet? You're right up there. I think you're tied. I think you're tied. So right. don't even... We can keep this rolling for like another 10. Oh, yeah. No, I'm, yeah, I'm yeah, kidding. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but it actually brings me... I mean, we're pretty much at the end here. And so, I mean, that was a good time, dude. You're a lot of fun. I, I really enjoyed this. Likewise. I, really did. I love your passion. I honestly... We could have made this a Joe Rogan Oh, thing. God. Like I could have done this for a few more hours, but nobody wants Easy to do that. I beat, you know what? I'm, I bet you people will. So I think I'm going to have to have you back again <laughs> in the future for sure. All right.
If it's a four-hour segment, fine. <laughs> right on. Uh, but before I get out of here, do you got any final words or thoughts you want to share? Oh, nothing much. Just everyone be safe. Have fun. Like, this is supposed to be fun. Like, we're kind of on cutting-edge stuff. And if you feel stressed out, like, I encourage you to look to the community and see where you can fit in a little bit more. Sort of lean into whatever you're good at. We're so early that it's like, no matter what your skill set, like you probably offer something that somebody else could really use, whether that's in a project capacity or just like a community sort of like helping each other out. I've gained more from the community and just meeting people. I've learned more that way and just naturally uh, more in tune that way. So yeah, just, I, I would say look to one another instead of always trying to blame somebody. Like it's, it's, it's nice to know that like, you're not alone in this, like, People that started Top Shot in February, I sympathize and like, I have to check myself and remember what it is, like what happened and where people are at and no, not everyone's in the same position as I am. And I, I think that's, that's tough, but like the ones that I've seen turn that positive and just, it's, it's, it's iron sharpened iron almost for a lot of people. Those are the ones that are going to, going to last and succeed. And I, I would say, turn to the community, don't get down. We'll all figure this out. We're all going to make it if we give a shit enough about it. So, yeah, it's 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 fun. And and doing things like this is crazy fun for me. I can't believe we're talking about this stuff. It's um, wild. I, I, even a year ago, my I wouldn't believe it, right? It is wild. It's yeah. I can't even put sometimes I can't even explain it to friends. I, like somebody will ask me a question and talk about the fire hose. Here it comes because you're going to get all of it, dude, and I'm sorry. <laughs> right. I mean, but there's no way around it. There's just like so much nuance and there's so much, so many details to, to, to catch people up on. I just think why I like NBA Top Shot is that it is a, it is probably the, the project that does the best for the, the end user. Maybe not in terms of investments right now, but in terms of usability, onboarding, like, have you used MetaMask? Because if you have... (laughs) You understand what I'm saying right now. I know how to use MetaMask, but I don't know how people figure it out if they don't. Like, I don't remember how I figured it out. A lot of trial and error, um, a lot of reading, a lot of research. Not not a lot, but like Top Shot does it really well. Get people on, get people in. And I think they're only going to improve that frictionless experience. And like, I'll stop rant, or raving about Top Shot, but I just, they're in great shape. And it takes time, man. Hang in there, guys. I think it gets better community we all want the same thing and it's nice that with like a a, an ama with roham i don't get to do that with my cable network (laughs) but i still pay the same fees no matter if i have an outage or whatnot every month like it is what it is like i think i think we're spoiled rotten and um me especially having been here before february like i didn't understand that but i just think that like good things are ahead and everyone can zoom out Look to each other. Let's have a good time. Good stuff. And with that, I'm going to take us out of here. One final thought. Folks, the ideas we shared today, just our opinions. It may not necessarily be the correct or best way to approach and collecting Top Shot or NFTs. Do your own research. Form your own opinions. And please don't just buy something because we talked about it or some random person on Twitter tweeted about it. And with that said, I wish you good luck in the next pack drop, and I hope to see you all in the priority queue. Hey.